Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for December 15th, 2020. I've been teaching a series entitled Greater is Coming for months. Actually, I've been teaching on faith and patience most of the year. And uh, you've been learning to endure, to stand, to, re- to add patience to your faith, to believe God for the long haul, knowing that greater is coming for you. And so this is part 84 of the series, 84. I pray that you've learned a lot. We've been studying the life of David and I'm about to wrap up for the year on Friday. And so these are my last few messages. So I've been praying about, Lord, what do you want me to say? He gave me a lot to say today from 2 Samuel chapter 11. The title of today's message is, you are vulnerable when you're out of position. You don't want to be out of position. When you are out of position, you position yourself to do the wrong thing. So you are vulnerable when you're out of position, let's talk about it. So I really want to like close out the story of David so I can give you some closing thoughts for the year. But of course, I couldn't close out the story of David without talking about Bathsheba. So that's why I, I jumped to, you know, I didn't really deal with 2 Samuel chapter 10. I had to get to chapter 11 for today. And so let's talk about Bathsheba. As I do, the reason why I like to point out um, how humans are, are flawed is because God is committed to using us despite our faults and our flaws and our failures. God uses us by grace. God is in the business of making holy garments out of flawed material. And so when you look at the Bible, the 66 books of the Bible, um, then you have over 40 authors who penned 66 books over a span of about 1,500 years. But the real author is the Holy Spirit, and he was working through them all. But the three main humans that were used as conduits to write a lot of the books, there are three people that, mo- that wrote the majority of those 66 books, Moses, David, and Paul. And those three men <laughs> were murderers. Those three men who u- were used of God to write, to pen most of Holy Scripture were murderers. And by acknowledging the fact that these men were flawed and God used them to write Scripture anyway, it is... It, it, it just kind of resounds of the grace of God, reminding us that although humans all so, sometimes do heinous and unholy acts, God is committed to using us despite us. And so whatever you've done, you haven't disqualified yourself from God's goodness. Say amen to that. All right, so let's talk about David. After sending Commander Joab and his brother Abishai out to fight the Armenians and the Ammonites, this is what happened in chapter 10 that I kind of skipped over. All the fighting forces return home for the winter, winter or what's known as the rainy season. Now, back then in that region of the world, they didn't fight during the winter, right? Because it was too cold and then it was, you know, the rain. And and, and so they just didn't fight. Commonly, they didn't fight. And so it was uncommon for them to fight during that season. They would go home and basically all the soldiers would have a respite uh, for for the winter. And then in the springtime, the Bible says, by the return of the year, which for them was the springtime, they were ready to do battle, right? So all the soldiers were ready to do battle. So during the springtime, it was customary for the kings who were engaged in battle to lead their troops into battle. Now, the Bible doesn't say why, but David, 
decided to send Commander Joab out to lead his troops into battle instead of going out with them. And so he sent the whole army out to attack the Ammonites and he remained home in Jerusalem. Now, this decision to stay home when he should have been leading his troops is a strange one because it's just counter to everything that we see in David. David wasn't sick. He wasn't too old. He was still in his prime. He was able-bodied. He had been leading troops for decades. And so this is different. And to be clear, unlike what happened in chapter 10, where he only sent out a portion of the army, in chapter 11, he sent out the whole army. So if he sent out the whole army, he was supposed to be out there with them, right? So David was a man of war. He was accustomed to leading his men in battle. And this time, the Bible says that during the time when kings went out to do battle, David stayed home. For whatever reason, he decided to stay home. He was out of position. And when you're out of position, bad things happen. So David did not go out with his troops. He had idle time on his hands. He was like, what am I going to do? Man, let me take a nap. He took a nap. And so after he takes his nap, he gets up in the afternoon. He's like, oh, he walks out on his balcony. And of course, he's in the palace and he's looking down over Jerusalem. I'm sure that it was a beautiful view. And he's looking around. And then all of a sudden, something kind of caught his eye. He looks down and there's a woman taking a bath and she's naked. Now, this woman didn't know anyone was watching, obviously. And so she's doing like a, a, a mundane task, taking a bath. And while she's doing it, she doesn't know that the king of Israel is peering down on her like a peeping Tom. <laughs> and so now, I mean, that's creepy. So he's looking down on her. And David was a man of God. David, when he saw, oh, she was naked, he could have just looked away, right? He should have just looked away. He, he, he's a man of God. He's walking with God. The spirit of God was with him and all of that. The same God who delivered David from the mouth of the lion, the same God who delivered David from the paw of the bear, the same God who delivered David from the grip of the giant and the sword of his enemies, that same God was looking down on David while David was looking down on a naked woman. <laughs> I mean, that's messed up. So David had a decision to make. In that moment, while he's looking down on this woman and, and God is actually looking down on him, he could have just shook her. He could have shook it off. He would, you know, and, and for the men on the call, you know what I mean. He could have been like, whoa, hey, okay, let me walk away. Let me just walk away. As a matter of fact, I don't want to get too graphic on this, but if he got worked up, he had wives, more than one. He could have, you know, just got called one of his wives and take care of that. But no, no, he, this woman is not his wife. And then all of a sudden now he's intrigued. And, 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 and the Bible says that she was a woman of unusual beauty. Now, so I'm sure she was gorgeous because if the Bible calls you beautiful, my God, you got to be beautiful. You know what I'm saying? So she, so, you know, she's a woman of unusual beauty. And so now you have David, David, a man who fought lions and bears with his bare hands, David, a man who fought Goliath and the Philistines, all of that stuff. He won all of these battles and he has a battle going on in his own mind. Right. And so couldn't he win that battle? Of course he could have won that battle, but he didn't. So in that moment, in that critical moment, when a decision is made, you know what I'm talking about. In that moment, when you're like battling, should I do it? Should I not do it? Should I do it? Should I not do it? And the devil is saying, go. And the Holy Spirit is saying, no. And you know, and you're in that moment, in that moment, David could have just squashed it, but he didn't do it. He chose sin over righteousness. You know what happened. I don't have time to tell you the whole story. He called for the woman. She came. He had sex with her. 
And then she found out later she got pregnant. And then he's like, oh, snap, now what are we going to do? He calls for the woman's husband to come home from the war to have sex with his wife. So he'd be like, okay, maybe that's, so you think that's your baby? And then he's like, no, he was an honorable man. He's like, my, my, I have troops in contact. I'm not going to go have sex with my wife while my, my troops are in battle. And so he refused to have sex with his wife. And Dave was like, oh, man, what am I going to do? So he's like, all right, well, fine. Send him back out to the battle. Here's a little note in the note that was sealed. The man was so honorable, he wouldn't even open it. But the note said, hey, basically have this man killed. Put him out there in the front lines. And when the enemy comes, you guys back away. Let him die. So David committed premeditated murder. That's it. Premeditated murder. The guy that we've been studying for months, holy a man who loved God, all of that, he committed murder. Why? Because he was out of position. So what does this mean for you today? I have a lot to share. I'm going to try to get through this quickly. I have 10 things to share with you. You ready? I'm going to go through these. I want you to open up your heart to receive. I'll do it quick. I promise you. It's going to be a blessing. You got it? All right, here we go. 10 things. Number one, here we go. The safest place, number one, the safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God. Listen, you're not a puppet. God is not a puppet master. God is not pulling strings. God is not forcing you to do anything. You are a free moral agent. You can do whatever you want. You can walk away from God. You can leave your church. You can leave God. You are a free moral agent. God is not going to stop you. If you choose to sin, God is not going to stop you from sinning. God won't do it because God is not manipulating you. God is leading you, but you, you have to make the decisions. Your decisions matter, right? God, God won't stop you from sinning. That, so now this puts the onus on you to make decisions that are careful and prayerful, to make decisions that line up with God's will, to make decisions that are bathed in prayer and led of the Holy Spirit. Now, when you make decisions that are aligning with your will and your purpose, then yeah, you're going to enjoy the blessing when you don't, right? Because you, you, you can do whatever you want. If you don't, then you run the risk of suffering the consequences of poor decisions. Your decisions matter. Don't, don't get it twisted. Your decisions matter. David's decisions to st decision to stay home, put him in a place where he was out of position. And when you're out of position, you're exposed to the wrong things. You're going to make a mistake. Your decisions carry consequences, so choose wisely. All right, number two, when you're in the wrong position, you're exposed to the wrong things. That's why you can't be around the wrong people. Because when you're around the wrong people, you're going to hear the wrong things. You're going to see the wrong things. You're going to be exposed to the wrong stuff. And so you're going to be influenced the wrong way. When, you're in, when you are, or basically when you position yourself to be where God wants you to be, right? And you're aligned with God, right? So that alignment with your divine assignment positions you to walk in the blessing. However, when you're out of position and you're not where God wants you to be, then you expose yourself to the wrong people, to wrong situations, and you're going to hear the wrong things. And listen, it may hurt you in the long run. So it pays to be led of the Holy Spirit in all things. Say amen to that. All right. Number three, idle time is dangerous. I've told you this before, but it's dangerous. David was out of position. He had idle time in his hands. And people say, well, you know, idle time is the devil's workshop. And so I understand what they're saying. You don't want to be idle. David didn't have anything to do. So during this time with no focus, he saw Bathsheba. And once he did, and he was open to it, and nobody's around, and the people that I normally am accountable to are not around, and so he did the wrong thing, and it almost wrecked, he almost wrecked his life. He almost ruined his destiny. He almost derailed himself from his destiny because of a dumb decision. Now, let me, let me differentiate between idle time and downtime. It's godly to have downtime. Like right now, 
after this week, I'm taking downtime. I'm going to take a rest. You know, and you, you, you need downtime. But downtime is not idle time. Idle time is unproductive time. Idle time is like I'm not focused on anything. No, I'm focused on resting. Like once, once this Friday is over, the next couple of weeks, I'm going to take a break. I, you need rest. So there's a difference between downtime and idle time. Downtime, good, right? Idle time, unproductive time, bad. You want to make sure that you make the most of your time. If you have unproductive time, it's going to open you up to, the, to things you don't want to be opened up to. You got it? All right, number four. Your preparation will show up in your performance. Oh, man. Let me say that again. Your preparation is going to show up in your performance. Let me be clear about something, especially about sin. Everyone is tempted. Don't act like you're not tempted. Everyone is tempted. David was ordained to be the king of Israel. The spirit of God was upon David. All of that. But he was still tempted. Everybody's tempted. Jesus was tempted. So it doesn't matter who you are. Temptation is going to come knocking at your door. The issue is not whether or not temptation is going to come because temptation is going to come. The issue is what are you going to do when you're tempted to sin? When the temptation comes to do wrong, right? At that point, in that moment, it's too late to try to get ready. That's why I say your preparation is going to show up in your performance. When the, when the temptation comes in that moment, it's too late to say, oh, let me try to get ready. No, if you're not ready, you're not ready. And if you're not ready, you're going to sin. You're going to do the wrong thing. So if you're ready, you're going to resist the sin. If you're not ready, you're going to succumb to the sin. But you can't get ready in that moment. Come on, let's call a spade a spade. You can't, you have to prepare yourself. That's why you got to get the word down in your heart on a daily basis. That's why you meditate and med medicate on God's word day and night. That's why you pray. That's why you, you decree and declare and release angelic protection round about you and your family. You have to do this on a regular basis because believe me, temptations will come. And when they come at that moment, it's too late to get ready. Either you, if you're not ready, you're not ready. <laughs> All right, number five. Spiritual warfare takes place in the moment, in the critical moment when a decision is made. So there's a spiritual component to this, and don't be ignorant of that. When, you, when you're making a critical decision, do I do what's right and holy in God's sight, or do I sin? Am I going to make a decision that pleases God or disappoints him? In that moment, the decision is not only mental. Let me be clear about this. It's not just mental. There's a spiritual aspect to our component, uh, a spiritual aspect to, uh, to walking with God, right? So, so listen, the devil is going to try to do everything that he can to bring you down. And so spiritual forces will be at work prompting you and prodding you and pushing you and pulling at you to make the wrong decision. That's why you got to be prayed up. <laughs> That's why you got to fill your heart with, with the word of God. That's why you got to be, be praying in the Holy Ghost. That's why you need to spend time with the Lord. You need to decree and declare angelic protection over your family on a daily basis. Because in that moment, right, when there's spiritual forces at work, you're either going to be led of God and angelic protection will be there, or you'll be open to the enemy and you could be led the wrong way. And it won't just be a mental thing. It'll be a spiritual thing. That's why in 2 Corinthians 2 and 11, Paul said, don't be ignorant of the devil's schemes. Like, you know, the devil attacks us in many ways and you should not be ignorant. Let Be cognizant of the fact that there are spiritual forces that are trying to bring you down. All right. Number six. I know we don't today talk a lot about sexual sin, but let me say something. Sexual sin has consequences on many levels. All sin has consequences, but sexual sin has consequences on many levels. Not only does sexual sin have spiritual consequences because now you're connecting yourself to somebody, there's soul ties. There's, you just don't want to do that. You don't want to be intimate with somebody that you're not supposed to be intimate with, especially sex outside of marriage is sin. 
to be clear, sex outside of marriage is sin. Sex outside of one man, one woman, and holy matrimony is sin. End of story, point blank, period. So if you have sex outside of marriage, so there are natural consequences like, like pregnancy, like STDs, soul ties, and all that. But then there's also spiritual consequences. The Father expects us to walk in holiness, period. You want to be blessed? Walk in holiness. Don't mistake grace to mean you don't have to be holy. No, no, no. The grace of God is on you to be holy. Number seven, it does not take wrong, uh, long to wreck your life. Let me say this. It doesn't take a long time to wreck your life. The decision David made to sleep with Bathsheba took just a few minutes after an afternoon nap. And the whole thing, like, you know, I'm sure he called for her. She came. The whole thing only took a few hours, I'm sure. And then she was gone. David had spent decades to get to where he was, the king of Israel. Decades. It took him over 20 years to become the king of Israel. He's ruling, he's reigning, the hand of God. And he almost threw it all away for just a few moments of pleasure. Really? He, you, and he had wives too. He could have got that from his wife. So this is, don't make this mistake. Many people have ruined their lives in just a moment. You spend 10 years, 20 years, 30 years building up your reputation and you could throw it all away just like that by making a foolish decision. This is why you have to be led of the Holy Spirit in all things. Number eight, if you give the devil your attention for five seconds, he's going to have your mind for five minutes. So let me say that again. If you give the devil your attention for five seconds, he's going to have your mind for five minutes. You don't want to do it. When David saw Bathsheba naked in that moment, whew, he should have just looked away. But no, he entertained it. And you don't, you don't want to entertain sin. If you entertain sin, if you entertain the thought, then believe me, that thought, that lust is going to give birth to sin. So you don't want to entertain the lust because lust, when it is complete, gives birth to sin and then sin death. Number nine. Oh man, Rick, you're talking about stuff that people don't talk about today, like sin, like holiness. Okay. It's still in the Bible though. I mean, don't think that just because we're New Testament that we're free to sin. No. Number nine, grace is not a license to sin. Look at me. I want to be clear about this. You are under a grace covenant. Thank you, Lord. But that doesn't mean you can sin. Grace is not a license to sin. Sexual sin has been the downfall of many men of God, right? People have forfeited fortunes and legacies and destinies because of a few moments of pleasure. Those few moments that David enjoyed with Bathsheba almost cost him everything. And although you know, I'm always teaching about the grace of God. I want to be clear that grace is not a license to sin. Look at me as I, as I explain this. Grace means you're not free to sin. Grace means you're free from sin, <laughs> right? So now you're free from the power of sin. Sin has no power over you. That's what grace means. All right, number 10. And finally, as I close, last point, God specializes in grace. Now, the good news is this, that in the New Testament, you know, David David repented. I don't have time to go through it all. The prophet came, told him. David repented. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he gave his life, basically rededicated his life to God, and God forgave him, and then God used him mightily. And in the New Testament, when, when God records the life of David, God says that David was a man after my own heart. So here's the good news. The good news is that David was a grace case. I'm a grace case. You can be a grace case. That when God, history is going to be kind to us. God, when he looks down on us, when he records our life, he, he's looking for ways to be kind to us. He's looking for ways to bless us. He's looking for ways to make holy garments out of flawed material. God is looking for ways to use you despite you. Listen, you're not holy 
in and of yourself, but Jesus was holy for you. Now that you're in him, we're supposed to walk in the holiness wherewith we've been called to. So now we're supposed to live this way. Don't be out of position. When you're out of position, you're vulnerable. So do everything that you can to surround yourself with the right people, to make the right decisions, to hear the right things, to watch the right things, and to live the right way. Don't think that just because we're under grace, we could do whatever we want. Your actions have consequences. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. You're like, dog, Rick, you're talking about, yeah, I'm talking about sin today. And it's important. And it's okay. And it's in the Bible. Say amen to that. All right. So let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, I thank you for your word this morning and for the reminder that I must remain focused in all things at all times. I know how dangerous it is to be outside of your will. Therefore, Father, I make every effort to hear from you and to make decisions that align with your word. You are holy and perfect. You know I'm not. I am only righteous because of Jesus. I'm only holy because you cleanse me with the blood of your son. Now, as a born-again believer, I make every effort to live right and blameless in your sight. I seek to be led by your spirit daily. I know there's a devil, and I know he will tempt me. The enemy will do everything that he can to get me to go astray. But I won't wait to the moment of temptation to get ready. I get ready now. I put your word through my eye gates, through my ear gates, and it gets down in my heart. I hide your word in my heart that I may not sin against thee. And I invoke angelic protection on a daily basis over me and my family. Lastly, Father, if I do sin, I am quick to repent, to receive forgiveness, to forgive myself, and to keep stepping. <laughs> I know I'm under grace. I don't see grace as a license to sin. I see grace as empowerment so I can live free from sin. I'm alive. I'm free. I am whole. I am blessed. And I'm holy. Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org. You can get all my notes for free. Click on the subscribe button, put in your email address, and you're going to get my notes in your email inbox on a daily basis. So listen, go into this day knowing that you don't want to be out of position. If you're out of position, you become vulnerable to the wrong things and you might do the wrong things. So surround yourself with the right people. Surround yourself with people of light, precious faith. Listen to the right things. Watch the right things. Think about the right things. And you will become the man, the woman that God called you to be. Do me a favor. If this message has been a blessing to you, leave me some comments in the chat. I read every comment. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Although this wasn't like a rah-rah message, this may be a message that you need to listen to again. So listen to it again. Put it on again. Share it with your friends. Listen, God has called us to holiness. So God is holy. We're supposed to be holy too. I love you. God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.